Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. You're on the D-Hour Network Show. This is Marcia Patterson. I'm your host. I want to welcome everyone. You're on For Your Health Show. Just want to remind you guys that the For Your Health Show is a show to bring about healthy concept for the mind, body, and soul. And I'm excited because I have my guest again, Miss Marcia Dixon. And just to confuse everyone, her name is Marcia too. And so to make things easier, we can call me Lynn if that if that makes things a little easier. But I just wanted to welcome everyone on the show. I'm let's see here. Let's get this. I see I'm spinning here. All right, let me get this computer gadget going here. I think I have just a little glitch here, so bear with me. But you're on the D-Hour Network, and this is For Your Health. And For Your Health is a show to educate us about healthy foods, healthy uh, things that helps us and have a healthy body, healthy mind, and healthy soul. And we really are, we are a Christian station where we talk about the foundation and how God wants us to be. And actually, happy Passover, people. I have to say happy Easter. I say happy Passover because he's overcome. He's a new Passover lamb, and we just celebrate that. And um, I know many people are out there today um, doing the Easter eggs and the Easter hunt and the little Easter dresses because, you know, we grew up, we did the same thing as kids growing up. So I just want to wish everyone a happy Easter and uh, happy Passover, uh, Resurrection Day. But I truly want us to be reminded about the sacrifice he's done for us on that cross and that repentance and giving our soul up to him because he's the new lamb of God who's covering us. You know, back in the Egyptian days, they put the blood posts on the doors to cover them from their sins. Now, on the cross, if we're accepting him as our Lord and Savior, we're now under that blood covenant of protection and repentance. So I pray everyone's in line to be acting for repentance. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we thank you for his glory. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So I say happy resurrection, happy Easter, happy Passover. Marsha, welcome. Thank you for being on this show tonight. Can you hear me? Thank you for having me. Yes. Can you hear me? Am Am I a little clear this time? You're coming in somewhat clear. Okay. How about this? Am I much clearer now? You're much clearer now. Much clearer now. Cool. I need, I need to keep the, keep the cell phone in that direction. I just want to thank you because you've been on my show before. And actually, last time, it was last year, you and I was on our show together. And right. basically, I can tell people, with yesterday's kitchen for today, we look at everything for us to be healthy in our mind, our body, and our soul. And we try to feed that daily. And... You and I last year had a um, had did a blog talk, and we actually got great numbers of people going back on there, listening to our blog talk because you get people from oh, all awesome. over the world, and a lot of times people don't have time to listen to it on a Sunday evening. So what's great about our blog talk, they can always go back and listen to previous blog talks that I've had with different guests with powerful information that's empowering us to change both in mind, body, and soul. 
But, Marcia, I want to re- you to remind our listening audience or share with our new listening audience who Marcia Dixon is and about your being a health coach and what that means in your ministry. Okay, my name is Marcia Dixon, and I am a wellness advocate for doTERRA essential oils. I'm also a professional life coach with biblical principles. And what I do is I disciple and mentor young women and sometimes young men in in different areas of their life. It might be uh, dating. It might be entrepreneurship. It might be the spiritual aspect of their lives or, or where they're going in, in that season. Whatever season they're in, we, we go into their lives and, and we try to make sense of it with them. So also to encourage them. So, you know, just, you know, young people just need to be encouraged a lot of times to just move forward in whatever they're doing. And, and, and they're so remarkable and so awesome. God has just made them so, so beautiful that it is just awesome to work with them. Because one thing I've learned about young people, uh, young women and young men, as long as they know you love them, then they're willing to trust you and they're willing to, to hear what you have to say. And most times they run and do whatever it is they need to do with just a little push. So that's what we do. Um, we are we're local in uh, New Orleans and also Mississippi sometimes. But a lot of times I do a lot of my things on the on the internet. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at iso dot wisdom at gmail dot com. And that's basically it. Been in doing this probably um, at least fifteen years or more. But from my Understanding that in my family, they said I've always coached people, even at a young age, and didn't know that that's what I was doing. But I just like to encourage people. And, you know, we need that so much today because we got moms and grandmoms that's not out here with words of wisdom to their children or their grandchildren. So we have a lost generation of young people that just, taking life by the horn, doing what they want to do, kind of like, um, what's that, was a, uh, let me do it my way, I did it my way, um, Frank Sinatra <laughs> song, I did it my way, we just want to do things our way, but a lot of times having things our way can be very disruptive, very disruptive because we don't take in accountability of the hurt that we put on ourselves as well as others. Now, how are you finding these young women? And are these women from your church, your community? Where are well, some are from the, coming from? Some are from the church. Some are from community. Some are uh, people that I've just met um, in grocery stores or, or someone referred them to me. It's, it's just a, a, a beautiful array of women who God has just connected me with and to pour in wisdom into their lives. And we're, we should have some that are probably trying to call in uh, possibly right now to, to come on and, because I wanted them to share some of their stories. And I know we talked about that, Marcia. So I don't know if they've called yes. in yet. We do. We do have quite a few. We have two of the young ladies on there. Um, Corinthian. Great. Uh, Corinthian, she's on. Yeah, she's on right now. Cornisha. And I'm going to check with the Cornisha. other young Yeah, and the other young lady, um, I, I didn't get a chance to check with her and get her name. Um, but, uh, you know, as a mom and a grandma, because I keep telling you, I got a daughter now up in Wisconsin. I just need someone to talk to her because a lot of times as moms, sometimes we're too close to the situation or relatives or teachers. Right, right. We, 
we're so close emotionally to that person that our emotions, our anger, all these feelings in the flesh rises up in us that it interferes with the true genuineness of what us what we're trying to do to help that individual or to make them see the direction or the way they're going. Um, how do you counsel people? And when someone comes to you, where, where do we start? Well, we start right where they are. Um, there are a few basic questions that I ask them, and that is just real simple. How are you? And what's going on? You know, we don't have to make it difficult. We don't have to make it hard because most times when they come, they're ready to talk and they're ready for answers. They're ready to, to be embraced. They're ready to um, to hear words of wisdom. So you meet them where they are and you just ask simple questions. How are you? What are you doing? Uh, what do you want to be in the next few years? What what has life offered you or, or what is life dealing you? So then it gives them the, the opportunity to dialogue and to, to go forth and to do the things, to say the things that they need to say. And then the, the big thing is to listen once they do start talking. Okay. I'm going to bring, um, let me check here um, with this other young lady that just come. Hi, this is Marcia. What is your name, please, the last caller that came in on us? Is she on board? Oh, hold on. Let me get here. Hi, caller. This is Marcia. You're on for your health. What is your name, please? Oh, she got me on mute. Okay, this person may have me on mute because she's not answering. I'm going to go okay. to Corinthians. That's, that's the one. Corinthians? Cornisha. Corisha. Girl, I just told your name, Corisha. I am so sorry. Hi. Thank you for being on with us tonight. Um, tell the listening audience a little bit of who you are, what made you connect with Marsha Dixon, and what how it has helped you as a young woman. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear us? Hi, this is Karen. Yeah, this is Karen. Oh, Karen. Okay, I'm Karen. sorry. Got the wrong. Okay. All right, Karen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hi. Okay. So, um, yeah, nice to meet you. Um, my name's Karen, and I met Miss Marsha in 2011. Um, I actually met her through my best friend, and we were all just having girl time, girl talk, and I was having some issues with the relationship I was in at the time, <clears throat> and um. I was talking about how I was having these bad feelings, like this is probably not a good idea, and I was I was engaged. And so Miss Marsha asked me a few questions, and I told him, you know, one of the things that was bothering me that was that he was Muslim and I'm a Christian. And Miss Marsha right away was like, oh, no. <laughs> she was like, you guys are not even equally yoked. And she was like, you know what, I'm going to take you in as my daughter. And from then, our relationship just really grew. Um there were times where I was really confused about different things, including in the word. And Miss Marsha would just guide me through the questions that I had and through just life moments. Um, as a child, Can I was share? sexually. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, as a child, I was uh, sexually abused, and it it kind of messed with a lot of different things in my life, including relationships that I had been in, um, and just my self-esteem and my self-worth and Miss Marsha helped me through 
those really hard moments. I mean, there were nights where I couldn't sleep. I was crying because I was trying to deal with all of I was finally trying to deal with all of these things. I was in my 20s. And when you're sexually abused as a child, usually all of these emotions start coming out when you're in your 20s. Right. And so there's a lot of confusion that was happening. And she just really helped coach me through what I was feeling and and just being there as a listening ear for those nights where all I needed to do was just cry. And, like, because I didn't understand why this happened to me and, like, where was God when all of this was happening and all of these questions, like, that I'm sure a lot of people have. And, you know, sometimes as Marsha would say, I don't have all the answers, but she always had an encouraging word. She always had something to stand on that was in the word. And that was important to me because that helped me to grow. But, yeah, even till this day, like, now I'm married (laughs) and she's still there helping me through moments that are kind of tough. But, Karen, would you share with them? um, May I interject? Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Marsha. Uh, Carolyn, can you share with no. them? <laughs> go ahead, Marsha. Go ahead. Go ahead, Marsha. Marsha, you're you just going here. Go ahead, Marsha. <laughs> Karen, would you share with them? I know you, in that stage, you were dating a Muslim and, and it wasn't working at the time. Um, and now you're married to a young man. And she just uh, she's marrying a man now that uh, is in Christ. And can you share a little bit of that of his background of yes. of who he was? Yes. So um, I I struggled with one wondering like about the equally yoked situation, and I didn't understand it fully until until you kind of go through it, you don't understand it. Um, my husband now, he, at first, he was um, borderline, like, trying to figure out what he was. So just really um, maybe questioning faith in different areas. So, mm-hmm. like, he learned how he learned the Muslim culture from his dad. He learned Christianity from his mom. From his friends, they there's some Buddhists. There's lots of people who are spiritual and they believe in energies and things like that. So he was really open to a lot of stuff because he didn't have a foundation in one thing. And so, um, like once we came together, like I <laughs> I am Christian and love Jesus and have learned about like studied the Bible and learned about like that faith, and that's what I believe in. And so Muhammad is my husband. Muhammad and I, we learn together now, and we study together, and he's learning now because I had, like, through the through the journey I've had the last, I guess it's eight years, and this Masha being a big help in that, like, my faith just growing throughout this experience. Like, my my foundation has had to be so strong so that I can help him become more strong in his faith. And so now he is Christian. He believes in Jesus. Like all those other things, he's, he's starting to see that there's only one true God to serve, and you can't serve multiple gods because life just doesn't work that way. <laughs> so it's been tough, but it's been, it's been really cool to see the transformation and the transition. So what I'm hearing from you, 
you had to heal yourself. You had to be healed first in order to receive the blessing. Even though God knew He was going to convert, God knew, He knows everything, and He knew that this was going to be your husband. But He had to prepare the healing of you first, so you can receive Him. Do you think that's right? Definitely, I definitely one hundred percent agree with that. If if I wasn't healed before I met Muhammad. Because I still feel like there's always some more healing that can happen. But if I hadn't right, been healed right. to the extent that I was, I feel as though I would have fallen for anything. Like I would have just settled yeah. for whatever. But because yeah. the healing had happened and the progression of the healing was happening, it was I was able to stand strong in what I believe and not fall to the right. Like it was just, this is what I believe. I'm sorry, but... If if it's not going to be this way, and if you're if going to believe something else, then we cannot be together. And a lot of time as young women, even I'm speaking for myself, because, you know, I got married at 21, and I was in love with the idea of being married, but had no concept <laughs> of what marriage is, commitment is, because I came from a dysfunctional family. My dad was an alcoholic. So, you know, you say, oh, I don't want that, but until you heal um, the emotional wounds that embedded within your spirit, in your soul, in your heart, you're going to receive what you're accustomed to. At least that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I I just took in yeah. what I was accustomed to. And and so, and I couldn't take in the new because I had this old wine skin, old wine skin within me. I couldn't, and it, and it burst, you know, it, Jesus talked about that. And so I think that's so important put, it, it, for us. If you put, uh, to have if you a put, older woman. But see, what's nice, what I'm hearing too, Marsha, is that you're an older woman, a woman of wisdom, where young people are listening to you, and they're seeking you, because sometimes, you know, if I go back and think about some of the things my mom's saying, ain't no way I should be following that, because they only <laughs> can give us what they know. Yeah. That's true. You know, and we respect, we do respect what Miss Marsha has to say because she, like, she, she built a relationship to the point where I've been to her house several times, like, spent holidays with her, uh, New Year's, Fourth uh, of July weekend. Like, I would drive seven hours to go spend time with her. And I told her, I want my husband to meet you before we get married because I want your blessings. Like, I want to know if you also agree with this. Like, that's the kind of relationship that she builds with people. So it's just, it's it's like that whole healing process, and it's part of the healing, and just knowing that, like, being reassured and that knowing that someone's going to be there for you, like, through all of it. Right. And not only that, knowing what's healthy. You know, sometimes we just, we feel blind. We don't even know what looks healthy no more as far as relationships. Yeah. I didn't growing up at 21. Now, what about your parents? Uh, your his and the parents, uh, they still together. They have a sound relationship. Or sometimes, are you guys that beacon of light for your own family, as far as relationships? Mm. <laughs> um, I think I think that we would be the beacon of light for our like for our future families. Um, in terms of his side, um, his parents didn't have a strong relationship. He actually has a lot of abandonment issues. And so there's things that I know we'll have to work through in terms of that. And on my side, my parents, they didn't have the healthiest. So there was a lot of communications issues and 
those were the things that were passed on to me. So I have a lot of issues in terms of communicating my feelings, but um, it's definitely something that we're constantly working, working towards. And it's, it's a working progress for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so many times we, we quick, we quick to give up, but I, I, I admire what you guys are doing now. Karen, what would you share with some of the young people that's in your, that was, what would you tell your 20-year-old self today for other 20-year-olds? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, since we're on the terms of talking about marriage, I would tell the 20-year-olds, 20 you know, enjoy being single. Like, enjoy <laughs> who you are, enjoy know who you are, love yourself, know yourself, because being married is great, but it's a lot of work. And if you're not full in yourself, it's going to be even more work, because you have to know who you are first before you can be with somebody else. Because I know a lot of young people, they just want to be married so bad, and they don't realize that what comes along with marriage. There's a huge responsibility. And I feel like if, if we're not able to first submit to God, then we can never submit to a husband. And I've learned that through, like, some of the things that I have had to deal with. So I would definitely say just enjoy being single and learn yourself, love yourself. Um, yeah. And just really spend time with yourself instead of trying to be around people all the time. I think that's so important. Yeah, I I agree. I agree because a lot of times, even at 20, you don't know who you are. You don't know what, you know. And yeah. sometimes we get molded into <laughs> someone else's concept of what a wife should be or what a relationship yeah, so should true. be. And then that's when you find a lot of people, at least I'm speaking from experience, that, you know, you, you look up, you're 27, you're 37, and you think, oh, what are you? Where am I? Who am I? And why am I here? <laughs> why am I here? Yeah. And you find yourself growing apart, not being able to have someone you can laugh with, um, someone you can be a friend with first before you get into that intimacy. So, yeah. okay, thank you for sharing that. Um, also, also Marsha, I want to okay. – Marsha? Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I wanted to touch bases also on what Karen does. Um, Karen, to be such a remarkable woman that she's grown into, when we first received her, she was going through the issues of, uh, of, of like she said, not communicating and, and wondering where she should be in life. And her job that she was in, you would have thought, just looking at her surface level, that she had it all together. So I just wanted her to tell you all what she actually does. And what she's continuing to do even now, so, and um, even what she's getting ready to embark upon before she, uh, before we go to the next caller. Uh, so, Karen, can you touch bases on that? Sure. So, um, I'm I model. Um, I model for several agencies uh, here in the states, and I also model in London. So, I I live back and forth in London and the states, and. Um, it's been it's been a really cool ride so far. I've met a lot of people and I've been able to travel all around the world, so it's really cool. Um, one of the things that modeling has opened my eyes to is the poverty in the world and 
like how much we have in the states and and what happened with that is I um, started a nonprofit called One Purpose, and what we're trying to do is to help people um, in communities that are poor or need rebuilding. And what we want to do is kind of transform those communities to make them better. So that's um, wow, that's, that's in the work. awesome. Called One Purpose. Mhm. Beautiful. I love it. I love that. And giving back. And you know what? I, I, too, been aware of the poverty that's not just, you know, across the world. I'm looking at Venezuela, even the, um, a lot of the New Mexican people at the border, uh, even a lot of people here in the United States, people are going yeah. hungry. So you have people in even the United States who are very poor and going hungry. And that's my mission with yesterday's Kitchen for the Day is to be able to educate us to be able to have food and have our peace of mind on what we can do to take care of ourselves because it can be done. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, we have Corinthian on. I'm going to leave your mics on because I want you ladies to kind of just jump in and out and just kind of share from your heart so other women that's listening or men that's listening they can take note and kind of give them some foundation to kind of look at themselves because, you know, sometimes we just don't know. We just don't know. Um, so, all right. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, can you hear how me? are you doing? Welcome. Yes, I can. Share with us a little bit of your journey with Marsha Dixon and uh, her being your health coach or um, motivational um Mentor, mentor, Life your coach. mentor. Okay, well, I'm um, Cornisha. I met uh, Miss Marsha Dixon when I was a sophomore in college around 2003, 2004. And um, I believe it was truly something that was God-ordained because she just took me in under her wings and nurtured me as if I were her own daughter. And as I look back and uh, think about all the late-night conversations and all the talks on the road and um, all the conversations that we've had at the dinner table. And I realized that uh, it was God that was using her um, to help build my faith and my confidence and strengthen me um, so that I would be able to stand and face uh, the many challenges that I was going to go through in life. And um, she got me through life as a single woman to uh, marriage and blending families and um, through raising my children and um, through divorce even and many other giants um, that I've had to face. And uh, I can remember she would always say, look at God. And that always um, taught me to keep my eyes stayed on God, you know, keep my eyes on him. And I'm so grateful uh, for her teaching me um, what thus said the Lord. And I'm just so blessed to always have her covering me and sowing seeds in my life that nobody else had sown. And um, what I love most about Miss Marsha Dixon is that she has the ability to, um, whenever I'm feeling down or going through, she 
she's able to pick me up in the spiritual realm, and she'll pick up the phone and call just when I need her the most. <clears throat> and um, she would check in on me and give me words of encouragement and always a word of prayer. And I just thank God for her, her obedience and just pushing me along the way. Now, I have a question. Are you, I know you women, and I know Karen, I, I just can hear it in you. So you ladies, what you have learned, are you sowing this to other women that's coming around you or family members too? And are they willing to hear you guys? Uh, absolutely, um, especially first in my own children because I have um, two daughters, and a lot of things, um, I know we can't keep them from facing challenges, but um, if someone had to talk me on earlier, you know, the simple things like how to love yourself, a lot of disappointments, you know, could have been avoided. And um, they're young now, but I'm still trying to sow those seeds, um, you know, as someone else I'm sure would come and nourish them, and they can learn along the way. And um, I've also met um, a lot of women on the job. Um, I've done mission work, and I'm also able to share um, some of the things that Miss Marsha has shared with me along the way. Yeah. You know, we, we are so wounded women. We, we carry these wounds inside of us because a lot of times, Women don't say anything, and Karen mentioned about being sexually abused. We we keep it a secret. Uh, this Me Too movement. Um, sometimes I think, well, I don't know. This is me personally as well. Sometimes I'm thinking, well, is it good to bring it out now, or do you just take it in the closet and say, I forgive them, Lord, and keep moving? Um, I don't know. I think everybody's healing and how to confront the pain and hurt is different. So you have to figure out how it's going to best release you and set you free. Marcia, how do you go about helping people to look at it? Uh, is it kind of like prayer and you just kind of walk with them or you, by asking them questions? How do these well, old wounds start resurrecting itself back so we can heal it? Well, one of the things that you said was uh, each person is different, so you have to take it in different ways. And it depends on where they are and how much they can handle and how far they can go with it. Uh, Karen was one that was able to forgive who wounded her and, and was able to go on with her life and, and put the pieces back together. Some, some young women we have to work a little bit harder on as far as putting those pieces back together. Whether they, and one of the things we always offer is, do you want to go to this person and talk to them or do you want to just forgive them? It's their decision. And what we do is we guide them. Whatever decision they, they choose, then that's the decision that we help them to get to so that they can reach their goals of uh, being sexually abused or whatever. Uh, or, and, and I don't want to leave out uh, verbal abuse or, um, yes. or physical yes. abuse yes. also because oh it's not God. necessarily just sexual abuse, but sometimes there's 
physical abuse and then sometimes there's verbal abuse and and verbal abuse is so offensive sometimes that it, it will literally destroy the person's personality and their individuality it also destroy their confidence and their self-esteem so that they can't get back up sometimes unless they have a, a person beside them to walk that journey we we have uh, tried to walk journeys with young women and young men who have been through all of these situations. Most of all, the, the, the main, the, the crust of the matter is your faith and your self-confidence and your self-esteem. And how does that reflect in whatever wounds you've been in? You know, because it could just be a, a boyfriend wound that has crushed you or a girlfriend wound that has crushed you and you, you think you can't get back up. Or like, uh uh, Karen was saying that she went through the sexual abuse, but she also went through the 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 the, the thing of building that self confidence and knowing who she was and knowing. Uh, one of the scriptures that I always give every single girl that I come in contact with is uh, Philippians um, one and six. He who began a good work in you will complete it through the day of Christ Jesus. And the other one is Psalms. 139, and, and they can probably quote it for you. Am I right, <laughs> young women? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and how marvelous are his works, and your soul knoweth it right well. And they will probably tell you that I just drill, and it's not anything that I do, but all that Christ does through me to, to help to assist them as a servant and as a, as a disciple and as a coach, a life coach and a, uh, a wellness coach. But the thing is, those scriptures have to be embedded in order for them to, to grow and to, to reach the destiny that they really are looking forward to reaching. I don't know if Cornisha is willing to share, um, but she went through uh, what she went through in her marriage. And if she is, I, I really want her to kind of touch bases on a little bit of that because hers, we knew that she would have a, a – I, I tell them all, they all got strange walks in the Lord. And that the Lord is, is preparing them for special husbands and, and special situations and special things in life of helping people. And, and they're all, you know, you'll find out that they're all moving toward that now because they've all found their ministry. And that's what it is. It's not just a nonprofit. It's not just a getting along, but it's a ministry within them. And they all have such beautiful gifts in the Lord. That, that, that was the other thing that we wanted to build up, what those gifts were. And them knowing what those gifts are so that they can move forward and nobody taking those gifts. Because I always tell them, unless a man can celebrate you, then he doesn't deserve you. And, and that's the, the crux of that. So if, Cornisha, if you want to, you, if you would reflect on the marriage, um, so that, because there are other women out there who've gone through what you've gone through. Okay. Well, well I um, never suffered sexual abuse or physical abuse, I did experience the verbal abuse, which is just as damaging, if not probably more damaging um, than any other kind of abuse. And I would advise anyone that's going through um, or experiencing suffering from verbal abuse to speak out and tell somebody because um, once they silence you um, and you you lose your voice and it leads to uh, the spirit of depression, which um, can be very difficult 
to overcome, especially alone. And um, I eventually um, did get out of the marriage because I just could not um, um, see him ever value me for who I was. And I had already, I guess, accepted so much that it felt normal for him to treat me that way. And um, once I did leave, I realized how much um, I lacked self-confidence in myself and really didn't love myself, especially to allow um, someone else to treat me that way and say those things because what it does, a lot of the damage comes from once you hear it over and over again or that person shows you that you're not unworthy, you start to believe the lies of the enemy. And the enemy don't want us to speak out because he knows if we tell somebody who um, can cast down those demons and strongholds that he would be defeated. And so I just encourage any woman or man that's going uh, through verbal abuse to um, seek help and um, and speak out because depression is real and it takes you to a really, really dark place. And sometimes it's hard to come out of. And once you have been delivered from, it's still a struggle to stay stay on top of the the depression. You know, there's a book, I can't think of the author's name, called Feelings Bared Alive, Never Die. And when you get those verbal, physical, and emotional feelings that embedded into your your soul, your bones, your, your it becomes like a memory. And actually, I was looking at a study that was done. It's called Cellular Memory, where they were giving people heart transplant, lung transplant, a different transplant, especially the heart transplant, where it was a young African-American young male who loved Mozart music, was shot in Chicago through a drive-by. And his heart was donated to a southern white boy in the South who didn't like Mozart music, none of the other things. And when he got this young man's heart, the emotions and everything this little boy had experienced, this man was now experienced. He now liked Mozart. Mm-hmm. He it's feelings and emotions because all of that becomes embedded into our cells, our memory, and that's when right. those feelings be embedded down inside of us, and it also affects us being sick. You know, I was reading my Bible, and Jesus says, uh, your sins are now forgiven. And they're like, wait a minute. How he knows the sickness is from sin? Unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, all of this mm-hmm. plays a part in our health. And um right. It prevents us from moving on and even being more healthier individual where we can think more clearly because this toxin is embedded into every cell of our body. And they now, even stem cells, people who getting someone else's stem cells, um, we were looking at doing stem cells for my granddaughter because she has sickle cell. And my daughter says, look, I'm not going to do this stem cells uh, until we talk to someone who's had one done. 
So they gave her um, a lady's information, asked her, hey, do you, would you mind sharing your daughter's experience, because she had sickle cell, on doing stem cells? The lady was so frustrated and angry, and she was very brief with my daughter. And this is what she told my daughter very quickly. She said, don't do it because that is not my child anymore. Those emotions and feelings, she said, they transfer. And people don't realize, like you talked earlier, Marcia, about the words. Words embedded in us is power. It's powerful words. Words move things, and it can move us in a positive way or it can move us in a negative way. And if you're used to hearing that, and that's what the glory of God allowing Marcia to come into so many young women's lives, and we need other Marcias like her to go out and give these women other words to say, you're beautiful, you're gifted, you don't have to settle for this. And I wish I had had a Marcia in my ear at the age of mm. 18 and 20. Girl, that's what I would have saved myself from. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's what I would have saved myself from. Well, I just thank God because it's God that, and 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 a lot of it is because of what I have been through. You know, I've been through the sexual abuse, I've been through verbal abuse, I've been through all of that. So I wanted to give back to life, uh, to people's lives, what to share what I've been through, and also to help them not to have to do those crossroads of having to go over those hurdles or having to even suffer those things. And if I could, I would like to say, even while we're on the air, um, I don't, uh, and, I, and I just need to throw this out. One of the areas that I'm finding verbal abuse most in is um, the areas of marriage and also um, children with low self-esteem, with parents who, who don't understand how to treat that child because they don't know how to deal with that child. The other area of marriage, I'm seeing some also not – I'm not saying I'm seeing an overabundance, but even if it's a little, I'm concerned about it. I'm seeing it also in the marriage of, of, uh, of spouses who are ministers. The wives are being verbally abused quite a bit uh, in, in some marriages. So I'm, I want to speak out to that because that is so important because with, with the churches that they're pastoring and, and the, all the people that they have to, to deal with, a lot of times that, that anguish comes home and the wife ends up suffering from those, from the comments that they would want to say at church, and then they come home and they say it to the wife because she possibly didn't fix the dinner right, or she didn't do this right, or she didn't do that right, or there's an image that pastors sometimes, and I'm not speaking of all pastors, I'm just saying there are some that they they have this image that they they want this wife to live in, and it's not being real, so they end up verbally abusing the woman. And, and then the, the, the woman ends up kind of distracting herself or, or subtracting herself from the church and going into a corner, and I call it being in the shadow because they're so afraid to be who they really are. So I, I behoove any minister's wife who's going through verbal abuse to get some help because that is so important. Wow. And, and, um, and, and I've seen it way too much. So that's one of the areas that just as I've seen uh, sexual abuse way too much. So I really believe we need to to start addressing those type of issues too. And it doesn't yeah. have now to we have another minister. We have another but it, we have another caller on there. Her last number, her area code seven zero three. Caller, 
give us your name and um, can you hear me? Call Hi, us? this. Yes, this is Ronika. How are you? Hey, how you, can you doing? Hear me? Okay, share I'm your good. story and your journey with Marsha. Sure. So I met Miss Marsha when I was, I believe, 17 or 18 years old. She's always been a close friend of the family, and so she's always been like Auntie Marsha to me. Um, and it probably was around 2014 when we started the coaching sessions together. And that was at a time where I was stepping out to explore some entrepreneurial goals of my own, and so I, I left the stability of that nine-to-five job and just took that leap of faith to explore some things that I wanted to pursue on my own. And so she was really instrumental in making sure that I understood that I could not be everything for everybody during that journey and that it was okay to say no to things that weren't going to be beneficial to me or where I was going. And so she always tied that back to some type of scripture Um, which helped me understand that, yes, it was okay to say no, whether it was something I was doing for family or whether it was something tied to business. And she always made sure to ask, how are you doing, to make sure that I understood I had to take care of myself before I could do anything for anyone else and so that I could always stay focused on where I was going um, entrepreneurially. So. Those sessions have always stuck with me. Um, Even to this day, I still, you know, refer back to Scripture. If I'm going through something, I write it down to make sure that I can refer back to it and help me get through that particular moment. So that's how she's been um, very instrumental to me during that journey that I'm still pursuing. And so what you said you're an entrepreneur. What type of business do you have? I'm currently working on developing a sleepwear and loungewear line. Um, I've always been tied to styling or um, lingerie in some sort, and so I've been working towards that um, for the past couple of years. Wow, wow. So if and you know so- anybody so if you know anybody out there who can help these young women out um, in their entrepreneurships, it, it would be very helpful. Um, Ranika has a very distinct uh, view of style, and she addresses the everyday woman. And I think that is so important to address that because um, one of the things that she's looking at with her lingerie is how to look good as a woman and still not look like you're trying to be seductive, even in the lingerie area. All right. So I, okay. I can hardly wait to see what this this um, this clothing line is going to look like. Um, she's kind of shared some things with me, but her drive is, is really awesome for that. So I just thank for her in, in, in doing so and in, in pushing her now, to, you, to, to, to see that. Now, Juanita, are you married too? No, I'm not. Um, and so we, we actually did talk about those dating experiences and journeys. Um, probably the last five years, but she's been <laughs> she has been instrumental um, in helping me figure out, you know, what questions I need to ask of the the young men I have dated. Do they need to stay around? Do they have a, a purpose or a place in my life? Um, so dating has definitely been a part of our coaching conversations as well. 
one of the things that inventory check. I'm sorry. What do you think, Marcia? I said she's learning how to do an inventory check. Uh, nope, nope, don't need this, need that. And kind of like going through that procedure to kind of figure out who he is and does this match with what you need in your life, correct? Well, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I tell them is, um, is make your list. You know what you want. And you know what you want to ask God for. And God is a specific God. So make that list. See what's on that list. And then when you get into those relationships, do the pros and the cons. Um, I think each and every one of them will tell you they had to go through the pros and cons. And when it when it looked like the cons were outweighing and it did outweigh, then one of the words I would share with them was a simple statement, run. <laughs> 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 and that, that that's not to say run to them, but run away from them. Don't waste the time. Because generally in a relationship, you know within three months whether this relationship is going anywhere. Girls, do you all want to address that? Young women, do you all want to address that? <laughs> do you know or, you know or do you have some statements toward that? I think it's so true. Um, this is Karen. Um there was someone that I was dating, and, like, I thought that he was the one, and I was trying to convince everybody he was the one. <laughs> and, you know, you have this idea of what you what you want in a person. But um, one of the things that I feel like we're taught through this journey, too, is to, like, really pray and listen to what God says to you. And sometimes you don't always like what being told but if you pray god show me the truth like i just want to know show me the truth and it gets revealed to you and then at that moment you have to run even if you don't feel like it you have to run (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you don't feel like it like you want to stay in it but yeah running is the right thing to do (laughs) we need to make us a t-shirt run <laughs> now, Marcia, Marcia, we have another caller on here. Her area code is seven zero three. Caller, are you there? Yeah. Okay, let me see here. Yeah, while we're waiting, look like this is a new one. Come on. Oh, okay, okay, yes, bring that one in. Okay, uh, this is the five zero four number. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? And your name, please? My name is Dwan. It's like Swan, but with a Dwan. D. Oh, Swan. Hey, that's beautiful. How you doing? You're, no. you're in New Orleans? Is that a New Orleans? Yes, ma'am. Nicole, I mean, area code, right? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. That's my home. That's where I was born, New Orleans. We got a lot of family in oh, Baton Rouge, okay. Louisiana. So Louisiana's <laughs> home for my family. Okay, kiddo. Okay. How, how can you share with us? What you what your journey's like with Marsha? Well, um, since Marsha and I met, we met at um, at church, Franklin Avenue, and um, this was about well, we were in the same Sunday school class. That's where I remember seeing her for the first time. Um, but it was a few years thereafter that I asked her to be my mentor. Um, but when I saw her 
that time in Sunday school, it was like, I just remember, I can, I'm a very visual person, so to this day, I can still just see her um, in that moment, but um, it's, she stood up to answer a question that the teacher had asked, and there was this light on her, and it, I know it was like, you know, the the, the glory of the Lord on her. Um, you know, I've, I've seen it a couple of times from a couple of other people, um, but at that church, that was like the you know she was like the one that she was like this big ball of sunshine, <laughs> and so um, you know right then it was like I was drawn to her and um, actually my first mentor when I lived in Chicago for a while it was the same way so God spoke to me in the same way like He showed me the light and um, and then I asked her to be my mentor as well but anyway back to Sister Marsha um, like I said it was a few years thereafter but um, in between the time that I saw her in Sunday school class and um, asked her to be my mentor. Like she, um, I know it was the Lord that spoke to her because she didn't really know me (laughs) or know anything about me and the things that she spoke into my life at that moment. I'm like, she had to have heard from the Lord because she doesn't know me. You know, she doesn't know me in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So I knew it was somebody that I could, trust and um just over time we just um you know I'd see her at church and you know um she'd always encourage me or you know just always had always had a beautiful smile on her face and just was always very um very welcoming and very um very warm towards me. And so um eventually like a few years later I asked her to be my mentor and um basically what I've learned a lot from her is um well not a lot, but <laughs> what I've learned um from her is like growing spiritually, um, maturing in my faith, um, learning how to um press in and be more of a prayer warrior. Um, that's what that's been my journey with her. Just and and also she's I'm naturally an introvert. Um and I think in my as I've grown in my relationship with her um, she's helped me to, she's helped encourage me to step out more and, and uh, you know, do, you know, to get from um, behind the scenes, so to speak, or uh, it just helps to encourage me to push me out a little bit more because I'm comfortable, like, being out of the spotlight or being, you know, keeping to the background. But she's encouraged me to, you know, um, to to teach and and or when I when those opportun when the Lord brought those opportunities for me to teach at my church, she really encouraged me like you can do it you can do it because there are times when I was just like uh, I can't do this I'm like freaking out like the moment before and she always had an encouraging word for me or she um like I think it was Cornisha who said it or someone else said it um but she always knows like the Lord speaks to her when to call like she always calls at the right time. And and it's just like wow, oh, I really needed that, you know. So wow, um, so yeah, I would, I, and I just agree with, um, you know, all all the other um, young ladies that or have been on the phone, um, that Sister Marsha has um, spoken into their lives. Like I can, there are common commonalities that they have spoken about that I can agree with as well in in my relationship with Sister Marsha. So, uh, do you want to share with them? Sure. Share with Go them ahead, your mentoring. Uh, Dawn is now a mentor herself, and I just wanted her to share briefly what she's doing now. Okay, sure. Um, 
Well, I, I have uh, a few girls that I that mentor, um, and these are girls that the Lord just sent me. Um, and, uh, well, a few of them, when they started out with me, they were teenagers in high school, and a couple of those have gone, out, gone on to college. Um, I still have one teenager, and the other ones are uh, young adults. So, um, so yeah, I meet with – it just depends on – the young lady at the moment, you know, what the needs are. Sometimes one may need more time than another. Um, at a certain time, you know, you just have to kind of gauge that. Um, but in being mentored, it's helped me to mentor, if that makes sense. I don't know if it makes sense what I'm trying to say, but, um, but yeah. And so, Marcia, now, are you married too? No, ma'am, I'm not married. No, I'm not married, and I don't have any children. Okay, all right. So is that just, I feel like Marcia gets a lot of these women that want to be married and kind of been ushering them into that position mentally, emotionally, to be able to be there. Right. Uh, the One of the things that, that, that we talk about is, first, you've got to marry God. You've got to make sure that God is the one who you're serving and who you're looking up to and who, uh, I tell them, you know, one of the things we talk about is when you get up in the morning, ask him what he wants you to wear. Sit down and eat dinner with him. Let him be your good friend so that you're actually communicating with somebody. And then when the, when, when the man that God has for you come along, then you're still in a communicating type of a frame mind. Um, and that way you can you can address who you are and you can stand in who you are because he's, like I said, fearfully and wonderfully made you and how marvelous are his works. So anyone who would even attempt to come and step toward these young women, they already know who they are. They already know what they want. And they, they already know that it's, it's better to not settle, but to stand and keep those standards high. So that's the important thing, being assured of who you are and being assured of who you're, where you're going. The other thing that we talk about is where is life taking you even in the business area of your life, in the, in the entrepreneurship area of your life, and, you know, how is that going to fit with what you want in life? You know, are you, are you a stay-at-home mom when you get married? Or what does that look like? You need to know a, a little bit about all of that as to what you want to do. And then you I also tell them to ask them about their finances, the man that, that comes into their lives that, that think that they want to marry them or, or feel that they know that they want to marry them. Ask them about their finances because you don't need to step in blindly. And then you also need to see how they treat their mother because how, usually how a man treats his mother is how he's going to treat his wife or how he treats his sister is how he's going to treat his wife. So some of those characteristics will carry over. So it's really important to, to know those things ahead of time and ask those hard questions. Uh, one of the hard questions we always say is, go ahead and ask him if he's saved. Go ahead and ask him what is his relationship with God. Go ahead and ask him those tough questions head on so that you're not wasting your time. So those are a few of the things that we, you know, we talk about. Um, I want to go back to Dwan. Dwan is, is looking at doing a nonprofit, I mean, doing an organization also called SWAN. And Dwan, can Mm-mm. you tell us about that? And I, for, <laughs> I forgot to talk. No, to, I'm, not, to, I'm, not, about I'm not prepared to talk about that right now. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, she, I don't have any. Um, 
I don't have it's not copywritten or anything, so I don't okay. wanna speak about okay. it. Well, she, she's getting ready to work on some things, too, that, that, that is going to be awesome. But I also wanted to go back to Carnesha um, because we didn't talk about what she's doing now to, to uh, tell us what she's doing in her entrepreneurship, too. Um, I started Poetic Servant, and it's a company um, that's products to encourage, inspire, and uplift others. And um, I'm currently working on um, doing aspirations for younger girls, and it's going to be um, called Inspire Her. Okay, okay. That's, that's good. And she's, she's already got some things on. She, uh, she has a, a website that she's getting ready to redo, but um, we've already invested in some of her things. And she's got this cute T-shirt that's called um, Rise Above the Chatter. Which I think is awesome. Wow, that's good. <laughs> so that's that's but been very powerful. But you know what? We're to take a break, Marsha. I want to take a break okay. right now because I I got two other callers I want to check with that's on the line, and see if okay. they have a question because this is some great stuff. But when we come back, I want you to address sex, money, <laughs> n- not a working young man, drugs, and alcohol. And, you know, how, you know, cause we got such big problem in our community, and I think that goes under the umbrella that's having a profound effect on our community. So we'll be, we'll be back. You're on the D-Hour Network. I'm your host, Marsha Thaddison, and we're on I Soul Wisdom with health coach Marsha Dixon. All right, we'll be right back.
All right, you're back on the D-Hour Network. This is Marcia Patterson. I'm your host. And I'm getting back with Marcia, and we're going to – some questions I want to talk about with relationships. Sex, money, and, you know, because a lot of times we look at the man, we're looking at him, he's, oh, he's cute. Oh, you don't have sex with him. Or um, not working, or you just think he's so cute and you just got this ideal of what he's going to look like. Or drugs or alcohol. So help us when you meeting young people and you young ladies. I got your mics on too about people you're mentoring or relationships regarding sex, money, making those choices when it comes to relationships. And girl, young women, you all can jump in at any time. I hear that there's door that just came in. Just jump in at any time and. Um, if you want to add to it, that's you're more than welcome. Uh, let's talk about the sex part. Let's just go ahead and hit it. They they know that's what you know. I'm I'm not just going to the heart of the matter. So when we're looking at sex in a relationship, the one thing that we have to understand is you have to love your body, you have to love yourself, and you have to know the boundaries in which you want to, to operate in. I, 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 I've told all of the young women that I minister to, abstinence is the best policy. And we can, we can say birth control, we can say condoms and stuff. Abstinence is the proven policy of not getting pregnant. It is also the uh, proven policy for learning what a man really wants from you. And if he loves you, then he'll wait. If he loves you, then he'll respect you. The bedroom is a God-ordained marriage, and it's called the sacred act of, of love. So when we address those issues, sometimes if we address them too soon, if we enter into those sexual relationships too soon, then sometimes we take with us slept with and, and take with us who we with, then we take on those personalities and those spirits that leap inside of us sometimes that we don't want in us because we've laid down with people that we not necessarily needed to lay down with or people we didn't need to lay down with, and that it it's a, a illusion sometimes in the minds of young women that I've, I've, that's one of the things I've learned because usually we had the sexual part where he loves me even more so now when in fact it might have just been a one-night stand. Or sometimes girls will go to a virgin part of, oh, I'm getting married, and he said anything about that. So, or, or he lied about it. And, and, then, and then there are times when they take you to that point and they really just wanted that one-night stand because they have other women also. So the best policy is abstinence. They can speak how we've taught in those areas as to or, or mentored or made suggestions in those areas as to how the, the best way to, to handle that. Anybody want to jump in? Um, this is Juan. I'll go. Um, I actually have been on an abstinence um, journey long, like years before I met Sister Marsha. Um, and just as I've grown in my faith, um, it's just, that has increased even more so. I've also, I've, I've not dated um, anybody in, I guess it's been 15 years. Um, but um, when I do start dating again, like that's a non-negotiable for me. Like if he is not living um, an afternoon life, then it's not going to work out. 
you know, so um, that is uh, that's a deal breaker for me. Um, I need to know that he's on that same track, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's really important. Like I'm not giving my body to anybody else, you know. And that that's not to um, uh, to to um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's not to you know. This, because I, I have I have mentees who started out um, as as virgins and some of them are not anymore. You know, some of them, you know, were abstinent um, when I started mentoring them, and then they quote unquote slipped up, and you know now they're trying to get back on that track. And and I have counseled them and told them my story, shared everything. But you know, you can do all that, and people will make their own decisions. You know. Um, I have never once bashed them for it or anything. I just still love them and still encourage them and let them know, hey, I don't treat you any differently. I don't see you any differently. It happens, you know. So just get back on the horse and, you know, try to, you know, just try to encourage them to just continue on that journey, you know. And some of them, those um, instances did not work out very well, you know. It's like I have one of my one of my girls um, who's um, the last teen that I have, um, I would tell her about um, abstinence, and and she decided to, you know, she was dilly dallying around, and so I kind of knew it when she told me that she, um, I wasn't surprised, but she deeply, deeply regretted it and um, understood what I meant, you know, when we would have those conversations. So, um, you know, I just said, well. You know, God still loves you, and I still love you, and um, just, you know, going forward, we just have to, um, and I just try to just encourage her along the way, that's all, because because there was a shame that she felt, and um, and I just wanted her to know that, you know, because the enemy will try to keep you bound in shame, so, you know, I just want her to come out of that like, hey, God forgives you, you know, you ask his forgiveness, he forgives you. He still loves you. I still love you. I don't treat you. I'm not treating you any differently. I love you. There's nothing you can do that will stop me from loving you. So I know you feel like you disappointed me, and it's not about me, you know, but um, I still love you. You know, so for those who have made them, you know, who have, were were practicing abstinence and then um, got into a a relationship and they, um, or, and, and, the flesh got in the way, you know, you can still come back from that. Don't let the enemy keep you in guilt and shame. Amen. Yeah, I agree. Now, Marcia, do you you meet with these girls uh, collectively or these are women that you guys come together in a group or does this individual meeting with these women? Most individually. Um, we've only had maybe once where we actually came together. Well, no, not once, but a few people come together uh, in a group setting, uh, mostly over the phone, though, or um, contacting through Internet, or but mostly personal contact with phone or, or going to, to or, or meeting up individually or something. But some have come together and sat down, and those have been the nights that we've just had long girl talks and and things like that. I think um, the three that, the first three that was on, Courtney Scherz, Karen, and Ranika, I think we all came together uh, 
y'all want to share one of those nights as to what that was about? Anybody talk about that? This is Ronika. We came together in Atlanta. I believe there was five of us at the time, mm-hmm. but we were really like a core group, I think, that Miss Marsha had mm-hmm. started coaching, and we all connected in Atlanta. We did um, some lunch activities. Um, we had a night of just girl chats, and um, sorry, I can't remember what we did the next day, but it was two days that we spent <laughs> together, and I think that we still all are connected in some way or another, um, whether it's through just Instagram or Facebook, or if we come to the cities that each other live in, we'll connect for lunch or dinner um, and catch up that way. Yeah, I think one of the really important things that Miss Marsha is teaching us is that to build a sisterhood. Because she's always trying to get us together. She's always like, hey, guess who I just talked to? I just talked to Cornisha. And I'll be like, oh, tell her I said hi. And, like, me and Cornisha, we probably met, like, two times. <laughs> so it's just like she's just building this sisterhood so that we can know that we have, like, we have somebody we can talk to. I think we all have each other's numbers. So it's like she's just trying to build, like, a, a safe place for us to just be with each other. We need help. And and one thing about it, even though you bring them together, their their pockets themselves off. Two will be over here, and two will be over here. Or or sometimes in the seasons that they're in, it'll change. And this two will change up, and then that two will change up, and and they're you know sisterhood there and sisterhood there. But they all know that they all love each other, and they all know that I love them. So it's important that. Um, we make that that bond because safety net is one of the most powerful things you can do with young women. And, and, and the beauty of it is they learn how to encourage each other and not speak down about each other. But, and, and, and one of the things that, that we try to push is compliment each other because sometimes our, our women don't compliment each other. They, they think it's been awkward to receive a compliment. And these young women easily compliment each other. They're easily there when the other person needs them. Because one of the other things they'll tell you is that I, I, I think I've said over and over again, all things common, all things common, all things common. Right, young women? All things common. <laughs> so <laughs> that that means if I have and you need, then whatever your resource is, whatever your talent is, whatever your gift is, lend it to that to that next person to help build them up to where they need to be. And so we, we try to work with that part also. Uh, one of the other things you asked me was um, drugs and alcohol. To yes. talk on that. It is so important to know who you're dating and who is in your sphere of influence and social connection because that is such a dangerous area for drugs and alcohol. And one of the things that we we have to uh, impress into the young people is it's okay to be who you are and you don't need all that. Just be who you are. Every single one of these girls have laughter and a voice and they're joyful, and their, their smiles are so beautiful, and they're just such beautiful women that they don't need the substance to add to that. And um, 
actually, I don't believe that we've had to really tackle that in in most of it. Well, I've had maybe a few girls, but for the most part, it's that has not been an issue as far as the drugs and alcohol, as far as them having to tackle it as much as people around them having to tackle it and how they had to cope with those those types of things with it being around them. But in selection of, of dating, that's just that's a no compromise. That's that's what I share with them. It's just a no compromise. Anybody what about that? money? What about money? If a man's not working, you know, um, young lady's interested in him. Oh, he's so cute, but he's so nice, but he just can't find a job. Well, let him find a job. <laughs> Help him. <laughs> That's one of those situations. Uh, you know, if you see that he's really not trying to find a job and he's not looking for a job but wants you to take care of him, that's one of those situations where we say run. 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 <laughs> <laughs> because it's only going to weigh you down, the the young woman. It's only going to weigh her down. And he can be cute as I don't know what. He can be handsome as I don't know what. He can go around with a six-pack on his stomach, I don't care, and be buffed as I don't know what. But if he can't take care of himself, he surely can take care of you. Right. 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 Now, if you know that this man has been trying to find a job and there's an obstacle there, then, you know, I'm not saying just totally turn your back. If you know his character as a person and you have researched his family a little bit to know that his character really is that he's just on hard times for hot, hot seconds, then... Where did you get the job? Okay. Just, so, just, 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 just wait. The relationship will still be there. Be his friend rather than his girlfriend. But don't right. become his. Don't become his leaning post where you got to take him everywhere because he don't even have a job. He don't even have a car. He don't even have you know. He, and he's with his mom. Yeah. Okay. So. So. It, it's a difference when a man is standing in his own shoes because then he's trying to be a man or he has established himself to be a man. And these young women, are, they, they are in their 20s and early 30s. They're not looking for somebody that they got to take care of. I'm in my 40s, so, yeah, I'm not looking for somebody that I need to take care of. <laughs> This is Dwan. This is this is Dwan. If he does not have a job, then he needs not apply. Like that's not another non-negotiable. And and I agree with Sister Marsha on the part about um, you know if if this is a man who his um, you know his character you know he's on hard times or whatever you know that's fine you know you you don't throw anybody away but but you can't we can't have a dating relationship. You you need to get yourself together first, you know, right. then later on. But no, I'm, I'm not dating anyone that's unemployed. Uh, and, and that's not, I'm not money hungry or anything. To me, he needs to stabilize himself. That's how I look at it. I don't care how cute you are. I don't, I don't even look, I mean, it's, it's nice if you look good, but I, I'm, I'm past that. He's so cute stage. Like I'm past that. Um, I'm in my forties, so mm-mm. 
that's the superficial stuff. And <laughs> I, uh, he might be cute, but okay, what else is he working with? You know, so that's just. And are you ready to get married now? Are you ready? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No. Okay. Not right. You happy with you? And that's the other thing, Marsha, that we talk about. The Bible says, "Who findeth himself a virtuous woman, a precious and rubies." So one thing we talk about is you don't have to go out there. If that man is for you, God will send him to you. And yeah. Of course, make presentable each time you go out the door uh, because you're dressing for success, a job, and you're dressing because you love yourself enough to dress the way you need to dress, but to, to go out and look, no. But Ronnie, I want you to, I want you to talk on that. Are you still on? Yes, I'm still on. Um I was going to chime in on the men not working. Vaughn, I'm in my 40s as well, early 40s, so I don't have time for a lot of stuff as well. (laughs) But the last relationship I was in, um, it was halfway through the relationship where he lost his job, and Mm -hmm. I supported him through the process of finding another job as he was out there and job searching, only to find out that um, he decided that he was going to basically hustle women in order to uh, generate income. And then he was passing it off as though it was income he was making from consulting and other things. And so when I found this out, I felt like, uh, okay, (laughs) this really showed me who he was. His character came out. And I just couldn't be a part of that anymore. And strangely enough, I called Miss Marsha and I said, you know, I came in contact with some of these women who he was hustling, and I ended up mentoring to them, telling them about <laughs> self-esteem. And I said, you know, I had a Miss Marsha moment talking to these women. So, <laughs> so that was an interesting um, experience. Yes. Wow. So to her point, well, if he does not have a job, a be his friend. That must be a little small town. Everybody know everybody here. <laughs> Actually, no. I live in I live in the city. I live in uh, the DMV area. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess he just had that many women. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, oh. it just showed that there's so many women who are desperate for a man. You know. Yeah, that's true. Um, who will accept anything that they hear, and they'll fall for certain lines. So I think yeah. that's where women like Miss Marsha come into play, where if they had a Miss Marsha in their life, they would understand, mm-hmm. okay, this is not the man for me. He's running the game on me, and I need to run, mm-hmm. as she says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Courtney, should, mm-hmm. Courtney should, would you touch on that? And, Karen, I want you to hit it, too. I want them to really address this one because this is a big issue with young women out there. Okay, so I, okay. I wanted to spend a little time on that. I want each one of them to address that. Well, I can come in on the – um, what will happen if you don't run? <laughs> because, um, well, I was married, but um, now my husband was working. But um, still, if the man does not have himself together, sometimes that can cause jealousy even with your spouse, even once you're married, which would cause more problems because um, I was making more money than he was, and it was, but he still was making money, you know. But it took him two or three jobs 
to make what I was making. And so, but what it is is they're not happy with themselves if they don't have it together. And that will cause a lot more issues than you just trying to figure out, um, you know, where is money going to come from to pay the mortgage or get food. It will be a whole lot more issues. Um, if you do, you know, enter into a marriage with someone who is not together financially or, um, uh, you know, just not stable within themselves, it's going to cause a lot more issues than than it would if um, if that person was together. And I guess that's where the physical, emotional stress can be on a a relationship because usually when you have money issues like that, sometimes you will have the physical um, battle going on within a family. Not only the physical battle, but you also have the physical battle of fitness. Your body is so depleted because you're you're trying to make up in so other areas. So you find that your body is being depleted of itself and, and, and uh, women tend to go through the depression part or the withdrawal yeah. because it's just not meeting up. And so because uh-huh. it's a stress battle. Uh, Karen, can you speak on that? Oh, yeah. Um, for me, um, so my husband right now, um, he and I are going through like a, fi- a financial battle, <laughs> I guess you could say. Um, I think what most of the ladies here were talking about is the character and the man, and that's, like, the most important thing because um, right before we got married, Ben lost a lot of money in a deal, and um, it left him for with, without money for months at the beginning of our marriage, and it really, like, stressed. It put a lot of strain on on our marriage because, like you said before, uh, finances is like a huge part of the relationship. And what happened in all of this is that I really got to see his character in it. Um, when he didn't have money, he didn't stress a lot. So he didn't take anything out on me, which, like, he didn't complain a lot or anything. He just tried to deal with it. Um, sometimes I would have to give him money because he didn't have. And like some people are really prideful and it would be really hard to do that. And I saw that he wasn't, even though it bothered him because um, the culture that he's from, he knows that the man is supposed to take care of the woman. And so in some aspects it bothered him, but he didn't let his pride get too much in the way to let that like hinder our relationship. But um, I think the biggest thing in being with somebody is knowing their character because that's what I think that's the the most important thing about the mate that you choose because once your character and his character kind of connect and match then you can make it through those hard times because I think in every relationship you're going to go through a time where someone is struggling financially right and it's mm-hmm. how are they going to deal with right. that right mhm and it builds it builds the marriage when you know that you have someone who who's really trying and they Fallen, you know, fallen on a bad time, and that's what marriage is about. It's about being a help meet. So you come together and you help each other, and and when you're both willing to do that, it will eventually smooth itself out anyway. So that's the most important thing. Didn't we have other calls? Did they did they come in? 
Marsha? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Did, did the other callers come in? You said there yeah, were two. Yeah, everybody's on. Everybody's on. All the all your oh, okay. callers. That yeah, everybody's okay, their mic is on. So anybody want to share anything, have any comments? Everybody mic is on except I got two other callers, but they didn't want to be on. But um. Okay, they just wanted to. Can listen. you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, you didn't mention my number, so I didn't say anything. My name is Ann Bruce. Oh, okay. Hi, Hi Ann. Hi. Hi, Marcia. Um, I'm not a mentee of Marcia's, but I am. Uh, I have watched as she's mentored young women and mostly how she's supported a lot of women in prayer. And um, I think that's just the thing that I wanted to speak to. I don't, I, I can't speak to Marsha's gifts and mentoring in any other way, but as far as prayer is concerned, which I do think is probably the most important way, I don't think that there is a better person so that who can lead you into a deep prayer life so that you can really hear from God, um, as mm-hmm. uh, several of the ladies have alluded to. So I, I think that, and it doesn't matter where you are in your walk, Marsha brings depth and a focus on 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 just passionate belief in what's possible with Christ Jesus. You know, this is so timely today. It's the day of resurrection. People doing Easter Sunday um, that Yeshua, Jesus Christ, died for us. And, you know, we, knowing the power of his word, he talks about the virtuous woman and that it's coming together to love, like Marcia said before, to love ourselves as women and what that love looks like in the midst of, you know, all our baggage and, and the emotional baggage that come with it. We have to clean that out. And that takes time. It doesn't, it doesn't happen easily. So Marcia, Share with us some of the steps you go through in sharing with these women on how to look at themselves. I know one of the questions say, who are you? How are you? And uh, what are you doing? I mean, what other steps are we taking to help us to try to take that step to be a virtuous woman or to look at ourselves very objectively? Well, I believe I hit on part of that, and, and that is developing their prayer life. Uh, that's one of the main things that we deal with in in the uh, coaching and discipline is to make sure, and the mentoring, is to make sure that they have a prayer life. And a lot of these young women came in with a prayer life, but we were, the Lord used us to, to deepen that prayer life and, and to, to target different prayer times, also to target what to pray for. And most times you, you know you can pray, and you pray, but are you targeting what you're praying for? Are you specifically going to God for different things? Are you specifically finding scriptures or, or bringing scriptures to the table? Because God wants you to give back his word to him so that he will, he will know that you're close to him. And then your worship time and your praise time with him is so important. And, and that's one of the journeys that I believe, and I pray that each one of these young women have actually developed in their time with me is that they have developed their prayer life, they have developed their worship life and their praise life to, to the Lord, and that it has gone deeper uh, from where 
from where we first met. That's one of the things. And then the self-esteem part of, of knowing who you are, knowing whose you are, and then knowing where you want to go or having an idea of where you want to go because we do deal with the visions and the dreams, the visions and the goals that they have of, of, of where they want to be in life, where they want to be in Christ five years from now, where they want to be, you know, in life five years from now, where they want to be in relationship five years from now, where they want to be um, even in, in their entrepreneurship or their nonprofit. Where do you see yourself? And then another thing is how how can God use you? Because each one of these young women have such awesome gifts and talents that the Lord can use and, and, and bring those talents to the table and, and finding out how God can use those talents and not letting them just lay dormant. And if, if I were to say to the, each one of them right now, tell me one of your gifts that you have, they would be able to tell me because these are some of the areas that we've, we've, we've kind of researched to see what are you? Where are you in this gift of life of God? Where are you with the with the things God has imparted in you? And then, how much of you are you willing to give back? So those are those are some of the areas that we deal with. And 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 you know, how are you standing in your in your own rightness of self with the Lord? And is He really the center of your life? And are you really letting Him take the wheel? And drive this this journey. You know, you you're the passenger and not the not the driver. In this journey, the path that he's sending you on. How are you walking with that path? So those are some of the, the things that we look at. And then, you know, whatever else they bring to the table, we we with the Lord, we just hit it head on. We don't try to skirt around it. But if you tackle it right on, then you you tend to go faster in life with it. So those are some of the things that we're, we're dealing with. I like, uh, if I could, I like for the girls to tell the young women to tell us at least their favorite scripture, or uh, or even a quote if they can remember that has been spoken into them while we've been coaching them. Um, I know Cornisha said, "Look at God," but there's some other things that that. I just want to put out there for young women to be able to grab hold of or, or a phrase or something to grab hold of so that they can journey on through life. And to love yourself enough to get up in the morning and look like you love yourself. Speak to your Amen. As, as a song said, encourage yourself, even if no one else yeah. is encouraging you. I know Courtney had to encourage herself on many days. Karen had to encourage herself on many days. Ranika had to encourage herself on many days. Dawn had to encourage herself on many days, and Anne had to encourage herself. So, what are those? What are, what are, what are the things that you grabbed hold of? Um, I think I would like to hear. What did you grab hold of that's going to take you through the journey, a phrase or, or a comment that you can share with other people through the coaching that the Lord has poured into me to pour it to you? And, and, and as I'm talking about that, they can be thinking about that. And, and, just, and then the other part is to love yourself enough to have fun and that it doesn't take a whole community for you to have fun. But go out and treat yourself with, if it's nothing but, they'll tell you sometimes, I'll say, go get some ice cream on me or something like that. But if it's nothing but that, 
just go and enjoy life. Look at the roses, smell them. Look at the trees and know that the, the wind is blowing the trees and that they're not, they're not always standing still. But enjoy what is around you. And as, as one writer said, uh, grow where you're planted. So those kinds of things. And, 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 and to flourish into that flower and into those jewels of which God made you to be, the diamond, the ruby, the, the sapphire, whatever gem he called you to be, to shine your best in that and to let him polish you that those jewels will shine forth and, and be brilliant in, in, in the light, in the sun, as the sun reflects back on it. And as the sun lives in you, the son of God, reflects of being that, that jewel, that, that gemstone that is just so awesome that the world looks at it and says, they know the Lord, they know Jesus. So if we could just go around the table real quick and just take maybe a minute to say something, each one of you all. Well, this is Renika. One of the first scriptures that you had spoken to me or assigned to me, um, I think during that year was Jeremiah 33, 3 which is ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Because as you mentioned before, we all have very unique journeys that we've been on and you don't always know what's ahead. And sometimes I think we get ahead of God trying to figure things out ourselves. And this was one scripture I think that you used to really reel me back in and just say, you know, stop, reflect, ask God, and he'll lead you where you need to go. Amen. Awesome, awesome. We give God the glory. Who else? Yes, someone else? Hi, this is Karen. I'd say Proverbs 3, um, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. Um. That's a big one for me because at one point in my life, um, a lot of bad things were happening, like one after the next. It was like a a real spiritual attack. And I couldn't understand why all of these bad things were happening to me. So it was like to stand on that scripture was really important. Thank you. Anyone else got any? Um, I want to, this is Karnisha. Um, I just the other day I had to pull a quote out that Miss Marsha used when she says, I ain't going back to Egypt. And that's, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a phrase. I hadn't needed it in a while, but on this journey that I'm on now, um, you know, life after divorce and just, learning to love myself and it makes it easier when I think of that quote when I have to make a decision and I'm thinking I'm I know I need to be moving forward but sometimes um you know we can be indecisive or the enemy you know plays with our mind but if I just say I ain't going back to Egypt it helps me to make the right decision that's going to help me to keep moving forward in every area Amen. of my life, even in finances. So that's good. Right. <laughs> um, 
this is Dwan. Um, I, I was okay. trying to. There's so much that Sister Marsha has shared. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a lot, and I guess it just depends on what season I'm in at at, at that particular time. What what is uh, most prevalent? But um, I, I would say, like, because I'm 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 pretty routine. Um, and I don't do a lot for myself. I'm a loner, and I just, I'm cool with, like, doing nothing. <laughs> that makes me happy. So what Sister Marshall say, you know, you need to do something for yourself, you know, just, you know, get out and do something, and, you know, so, and when I do, it's like I have a good time, you know. It's just, um, I, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty routine, so she's good about helping me um, to, break out of that, especially when she's here in town. Um, we'll just go and we'll just hang or we'll just sit up and talk and um, you know, it just kind of breaks up that routine for me. So um, I would say that that right now. Wow. That's good. That is really great. Paper glory. Now, you, you know, Marcia, one of the ones that's come to me, I'm going to mention my scripture that's really been, and I've really been dealing with this lately, is um, 2 mm-hmm. Corinthians 5, 7. Walk by faith, not by sight. Not by and sight. Man, I'm telling you, I'm really trying to walk that out by faith, mm-hmm. not by sight, not by what I hear, not by what I see or what I feel. It's to just trust him for everything. Mm. And that's a challenge. And many times that is a challenge. But Marcia, Marcia, give people real quick, I wanted you to give people information on how to reach you if someone wants some coaching or some um, a a mentor. If they're looking for a mentor, are you accepting young ladies as um, that wants mentors to guide them again? Uh, yes, we are. They can they can reach me by email, and the email is iso i s o w dot wisdom at gmail dot com. Iso i s o w dot wisdom at gmail dot com. And and to encourage the women, we are um, some of the young women who are on tonight. We're working on a devotional. And that devotional will be Psalms 23. And some of them have already done their writings, and we're going back to do some more writings on it. But we're we're tackling the scripture of Psalms 23. And that is, you know, it begins with, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And each one of the girls were able to pull one scripture at least and deal with that scripture and, and write in and and, and write a path and a, and a prayer for that scripture, how it affected their lives. So we're we're actually putting that devotional together. So hopefully we'll be able to get that out to the readers. Uh, we're not going to push it. We're setting for Christmas of next year to make sure that we have everything that we need and and everything is done. So be looking for that, um, the upcoming scripture uh, devotional of Psalms 23. Now, how often are you going to be here in Atlanta? How often will I be in Atlanta? Oh, I come yes, through Atlanta yes. periodically, sometimes three, four times, five times a year. It just depends. Depends on uh, who needs me at the time and how quickly I can get there. 
Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But, you know, um, it is so important because our mental health is so tied up to our emotions, our feelings, and and our health. You know, there are studies now that indicate that praying for people, um, the brainwave and how people heal um, miraculously, and they can, doctors and scientists cannot figure it out. So the power of prayer and you taking women there to start healing from the inside, which will show on the outside, because what we have inside would allow us to, if we got garbage in us, we're going to be accepting garbage in our lives. So first of all, it's not taking us to the realization that Christ loves us, he has a plan for us, and to identify what those plans are and knowing that we're entitled to them and we deserve them. Because so, right. a lot of times where we come from and what we've gone through would tell us, no, you do not deserve it. But, yes, what he did for yeah. us on Calvary over 2,000 some years ago has a profound effect to us today, and we can have that yeah. healing. But, we, like you said, we got to know what those words says and to walk them out in our lives. Right, right. And and it's so important. Prayer is such a vital thing. And then the other part is to pray for someone else, like you said. And one of the things that I can assure you that if I were to call one of these girls today, one, one of these young women today, and say, um, so-and-so, for instance, if I were to call Ronika and say, Ronika, I need you to put in a special prayer for Karen or Cornisha, I need you to put in a special prayer for Juanica or Dwan, I need you to put in a special prayer for Cornisha or 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 Juanica, uh, I need you to put in a special prayer for Dwan. They will stop what they're doing and pray. They don't just like say, okay, fine, but they will take the time to pray for that person, even if they don't know what the issue is, because it's not necessarily that I have to tell the issue as much as I just say pray, and then they will they will let God minister to them as to what wow. that prayer needs to be. And and that's how their prayer lives have, have grown so so much that God actually speaks to them too. So, because wow. the, the the thing about being a Titus II woman and a woman of God is not to make the person handicapped for you, but make them independent to to depend on God themselves. And that you don't, I don't want them to think that I have all the answers. I don't ever want them to right. think that. But I want them to know that God does have all the answers. So you run to him and don't put me up on the pedestal, but run to God, that God be glorified, that he can speak into your life and, and to progress your life. Because, you know, if if I didn't ever say another word to them, I'm, I'm trusting that God has enough inside of them and that enough has been planted in them that they can grow and that the seeds of wisdom that has been planted in them, they can now plant into others and, and also nurture those seeds that have been planted in them, that it will just spring up and grow and bear much fruit and that that fruit would remain, that even as they bear the fruit, the fruit would multiply and remain. So we got some young ladies. They're 15. Up, we say young ladies. What age, how young would you start with young ladies and trying to plant the seed? Five, six, at a very early age? Or do we wait till they get to be teenagers and, and start building this in, these young ladies? I believe the seed needs to be planted as soon as they're born. As soon as they're born. And mm-hmm. that seed needs to be I planted. Agree. In fact, in fact, 
uh, one of the things that we have one young woman, they, they've just gotten pregnant, and Cornisha will tell you even through her pregnancy that she might want to speak on that. But one of the things we talked about, and even one of the things we did was we, we blessed that belly, and we called into that child mm-hmm. what we felt God wanted of this child. You know, we sought the Lord, mm-hmm. whatever the Lord is saying that he wants this child to grow up and be, then you speak that in the belly of the womb. Uh, and I think she'll be good to, to address that. Cornisha, how did you handle that in your pregnancy? Um, well, when I was pregnant, uh, Miss Marshall prayed over both of uh, both of my children, and um, um, it's like God has revealed to me, um, even at a young age, um, in what ways to nurture the gifts that he has placed inside of them. And um, I think by her, um, you know, speaking over their lives and um, praying that um, he revealed what it is that they're to do in their lives, it has helped me um, to be able to nurture those gifts and actually pay attention and um, once he reveals it to you, you'll know exactly what seeds they need and th- whatever season they are in their lives, even as young children. Wow. That is the so other part too. The other part, too, Marsha, is that even before the child is born, I, I pray even now for these young women, for their spouses yeah. to come and for the children yeah. that they will bear, because yeah. we need to put yeah. that... Yeah. We need to pray that now, and that is so important yeah. in the Christian in the Christian life that we would that our Titus two women would take the time to nurture those women that they know that are getting ready to be pregnant or or getting married and pregnancy will come to to literally pray for them and pray for what those right. children what the children will look look like before the Lord and that they will always serve the Lord. So it's, it's important to start even before birth. Even before birth. Amen. And Amen. Marcia? Yes. Okay, I think we blocked off a little bit. Okay, we got okay, about I'm still here. six minutes. I'm still here. Give us, give us give us some more information on how to reach you. And I would love you know, I would love to see if we can do a women if you guys come to Chicago, Atlanta, we all need to hook up and have maybe lunch or dinner or something like that. And connect and keep that woman sisterhood thing going because I love what you guys are doing and it's so important for us to have that to keep lifting each other up instead of being jealous of each other or envious of each other, but learning how to learn how, like you say, pray for each other, sincerely pray for each other. I think that would be marvelous, Marshall, because one of the things that I'm telling them is they've got to meet you because you do the yesterday's kitchen um, for tomorrow. Yeah. You do that as they are into trying to be healthier and live healthy lifestyles. And eat healthier. Yeah, and eat healthier. And, and um, I don't know as much as you know, but but that would God we'll has enabled me we'll to know. Yes, that's yeah. try to share with them. Okay, so I really that would be awesome. Left. We got a couple minutes left, so give us your uh, website again, phone number where people will be able to reach you. And I just want to thank the lady for being on the call. You guys will spend such a blessing for this Resurrection Sunday. I think we're Resurrection um, 
a spirit of virtuous women that want to be these women. You know, I want my granddaughter to be one. I have another granddaughter. She's maybe about a couple of months old, six, maybe six months old. So, you know, we want to do a good job in raising our children and our grandchildren. I pray for my grandchildren. I don't even, you know, from great, 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 you know, be praying for them, making sure they're covered in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. All right, Marcia, give us your information again, kiddo. I Sow Wisdom is the name of it. And the email that you can email me to, the email to me is isow dot wisdom at gmail.com. I'll say that again. Iso.wisdom at gmail.com. I-S-O-W dot W-I-S-D-O-M at gmail.com. Iso.wisdom. So it's Iso.wisdom at gmail.com. And just shoot me an email and we'll make contact, leave me information and we'll make contact with you that we can uh, get something going here to further your life and to wake up every vision and dream that you have in your life and to proceed into your life that which God wants you to be. And remember Yeah, and you know, this is and they can always come back and listen to the blog, uh, blog talk radio or they can always go back and listen to this. We ask you to post it on your Facebook or your Twitter page so you can share with families and friends and they can hear what's going on and the great information that we're sharing with each other to share with others because it's awesome when we get our young women to love themselves, to love their bodies. That way they can receive the gift that God has for them. They're kind of like um, Esther. They're that Esther. They're being prepared, you know, before yes. go before to getting their king. They have to have themselves mentally, physically, and emotionally prepared to receive that king. So, And it's mm-hmm. only through his word and only through the cleaning of the Holy Spirit that it can happen. We can't do this on our own. That's a waste of time. We just waste of time. So, but I just want to remind our listening audience: this coming Sunday, I will be at 575 uh, Boulevard Avenue, Southeast, here in Atlanta, Georgia. We're having a fermenting class, so you can go to my website and just check out the different classes that we're going to host uh, at www.yesterdays with an S Kitchen the number four today dot com, or you can give me a call at seven seven zero seven three two six one two four. And that's on fermenting. Marcia, you're such a blessing, so we're going to have to hook up and connect. Ladies, if you ever want give us a shout out. And we'll shout out to you here. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right, Thank you. Guys, thank you so much. It's just a blessing. Thank you, great women of All God. Right. Great women of God. All right, everyone, have a blessed week and make it safe. Thank you, you too. Be blessed.